Last week as we gathered, if you remember, I don't even remember how many days that's been, to, to be honest, but during the homily I shared that if we have our hearts like the roots of a tree sunk deep, we have nothing to fear, and I never thought I would have to live that so publicly as I have had to this last week, of being a man of faith with my sisters and then my extended family and those that gathered, uh, my mom's friends. And I will admit right up front, it's TMI perhaps, but this gospel passage hurts more because I violated it yesterday in a way. And I've been struggling with the last time I shared the story, it blew up in my face. I'm not going to share the whole story today, but I have zero relationship with my father. And he was there yesterday. And he wanted to iron out everything. But in order to do so, I had to beg his forgiveness for nothing. And I'm literally not being bitter or naive. That the whole fault is mine. The words were said some time ago that should never have been said. And I will admit, as I read these readings, I knew what I did yesterday had to be done. But I told my sisters, you need to tell him I can't. Not today. And it comes from today's first reading. And out of context, it sounds like just, yeah, just a nice story. We might be aware that David didn't quite have a good relationship with Saul. Saul was not his father, you know. There. But David did not have a good relationship with Saul. And we, we might know that. But Saul hated, hated David at times, that times would come that he would be filled with such a raging spirit that he would pick up his spear and throw it at David, trying to nail him literally to the wall. Not once, not twice, but three times. He should be out. And David and, and his servant come across Saul deep asleep, isn't God funny at times? He's yours. You can imagine the whisper. He's yours. You can take him. You can take that very same spear he tried to kill you with, not once, twice, but three times. You can end this chasing after you, that he's done this now three times too. You can end it all, just one spear. I won't need a second thrust. No. No. It's not my job. Who am I to lay my hand on the anointed one? It wasn't his job. His job was just to try to serve Saul as best he could. I can't imagine what would have happened if he would have allowed his servant to do such. And... I found myself reflecting, well, why did he take the water jar and the spear? The spear I can understand, but why the water jar? Well, the spear is a symbol of death, isn't it? After all, it's, it would have killed poor Saul. But water is a symbol of life. So as David took that spear and the water jug, he's saying, your life and death are in my hands. And I choose not to hurt you. I choose to love you, to be compassionate to you to serve you. 
I have nothing against you. That's compassion. That's mercy. That's forgiveness. A forgiveness that is begged for is not forgiveness. So often we think it is, but it's not. Because it could be forced, shallow, and renamed in any second. The process of true forgiveness that I personally will admit has been almost 21 and a half years. Actually, I'll take that back. It's been probably more like 40 years. If you do the math, I'm only 49. That process of forgiveness was one that took me down paths I did not expect. And it's one that is so deep that it is there. It hurt me more than it hurt my father yesterday. And, and I've learned myself, and I, I kind of quipped at the end, that, that I, I've learned Father Steve Barrowhouse, who's our priest personnel director, and the esteemed brother of one of our parishioners, but Father Steve said, don't write so much. And that's all I've been doing this week as I write tribute after tribute and funny story after funny story and the histories that my mom shared with me that the family, the rest of the family doesn't know. And when my words are used like javelins, like spears, they sting. And I honestly could have used a spear of words yesterday with my father without even breaking a sweat, without even swearing. And I chose not to. And I think, while it's personal, I think the reason is the same reason we have to be compassionate. It's not our job, job to judge. It's not our job to st stand and condemn others, even if they've hurt us, even if they've wounded us deeply. It's only our job to love. I don't know what's in my father's heart. And so while I violated this gospel passage of not even giving him a minute or a second, I did it because there was something more important. Because the woman we laid to rest yesterday deserved so much more than a father and a son verbally sparring or whatever it would have happened had it not been in love or forgiveness. We have to remember that reconciliation, true reconciliation, is a mutual coming together, not of demanding apologies, but of giving forgiveness. And if one or the other is missing, reconciliation is not quite yet. And when we give, we give completely. And that's what I've learned about my mother. I, I never knew some of these things. I knew she was going to thrift stores and just buying little treasures and giving them away and, and uh, doing dish towels and giving them away and tablecloths and giving them away and sewing this and giving them away and, oh, you need that, giving it away. She was buried with the rosary she bought. Even though I had given her a rosary that her mother had made, she bought a new Job's Tear rosary. My, mother, my grandmother made Job's Tear rosaries because she gave that away to somebody she felt needed it more. She gave to the end. 
And I think that's what, with measure, for the measure with which you measure, will we in turn be measured out to you. You know, I don't want to make it a eulogy about my mom again, but I, I do have to because it's so close to me. That that measure was huge for her. And it's a challenge to, I find it a challenge to me. If you've ever met somebody that could love so deeply, so completely, so freely, she had no time, I've come to realize this, no time for unforgiveness. She knew unforgiveness was like a burden that you could not carry. It's like putting a rock in your knapsack and just continuing to put rocks there and rocks there until you can't carry it. And while grief is heavy, God gives us the strength to deal with grief. Forgiveness is heavy too, but that's not of God. Unforgiveness is heavy too, but that's not of God. When St. Luke records, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, or be, he's changing it from Matthew and changing it from St. Peter, it's holy and, and Peter and, and perfect, but here, be compassionate. He's saying don't hold anything back. I know it's rather earthy and, and stuff, it's not the, the translation here, but one of the words for compassion is literally to release one's bowels. And I've been contemplating that a lot since my mom had bowel problems which is ultimately part of what led her to her demise. She held nothing back, whether physical or the spiritual. When the Lord tells us to do it, he's saying, do it completely. And I think this is a challenge for me as I continue. This is a challenge for all of us, and it is a challenge. But compassion? I'd rather die on the side of error, of being too compassionate, too forgiving. And if it's not received, so be it. But at the same time, we have the right to say, you strike me once, I'll turn the cheek, fine but that we only have two cheeks. And so there's a limit. But let that limit be the end of what God wants us to have.